I just learned, guys, that Chef's offers a Bruce Smith uh, spaghetti parm plate. It's a $40 plate of spaghetti, spaghetti parm, that I guess Bruce Smith used to eat back in the day to carbo-load before games. And there's a stipulation on the menu that you have to eat it all yourself. You can't share it because he never did. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to, like, bag it up and take it home if you don't finish? I'm sure you can. I mean, you paid for it. And if they didn't offer some type of take-home option, I mean, I'd have problems with the place. Not that I already, I mean, I already do have problems with chefs, but I'd have more problems with them. Maybe they send the maitre d' home with you so that they make sure that you, like when you take it home, you're still the only person who eats it. Right, yeah. The the famous chef's chef's maitre d'. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, like like the scene in Blues Brothers. Mm -hmm. What what other famous Bills players? If you had to give them a dish, I, I was actually just famous. I feel like, Bill, I feel like, like Tony Masiello. If you had to give them a dish, yeah, Tony Masiello. It's, yeah. it's like oh two gosh. giant meatballs, a small plate. Yeah, I don't know. Of, I mean, who'd get who'd get a big meatball? Pays for it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think the Jimmy Griffin is? <laughs> two giant meatballs and an Italian sausage. I don't know. No, no, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Griffin doesn't no, want no, to. No. He is. He wants nothing to do with any of that Italian. Oh yeah, that's that's right. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and and the other thing with the Jimmy Griffin with the spaghetti, like, you know, like if he grabs one piece and say, like, you know, the commissioner of parks grabs the other piece and they do like the uh, lady in the tramp thing like that's that is, that is no good with Jimmy Griffin. No, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's, I I could see like, you know, what uh, Rick James is just like like a big jug of like their cheap uh, fr- pretend Italian wine. Yeah. The parm is cocaine. Yeah, the parm is cocaine. Josh Allen gets a can of Alpo that they had in there since the eighties. <laughs> I can't I, think of any other. Uh, I, I, I like 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 dishes. Like it, I'm trying to like the Lance Diamond. Just like like it's like oh. they give you part of it and then like they take it away and they change the costume on it like three Lan- times. Lance Diamond, dinner. he's too classy for that joint. Yeah, I, I, I would never accuse Lance of being. I, I accuse him of a lot of things. And cl- being classy was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> And, and for that joint, yeah, and and, and, I, and I say that uh, from a place of love. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, the the thing, like I generally agree with you, but I also agree with Ryan. Like he's too classy for that joint. Okay, like 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 he's like he's like sorry. He's like I can't come there. I'm spending all my time at Cameron's 24 hour store. That's the type of place that I'm willing to go to. Not your garbage chefs. What is Rusty Weaver? What is the Rusty Weaver or, order at chefs? Well, if they had to name a dish after you or yeah, make a dish yeah. after you, what, what would is it? They, what would it be? Uh, boy, you'd have to probably go back to like the. Pre-smoking band days, and I'd be a filled ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> like a glass ashtray, or like one of those like disposable Burger King like like aluminum ashtrays that they had. Oh, we got to go aluminum. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe, maybe some sort of other like maybe a precious metal. Right? <laughs> I I go to chefs to smoke and and ash in their lithium ashtrays. <laughs> That's one reason to go. Yeah. The the only reason to go is because like you can scoop a bunch of ashtrays and you can you can probably fund yourself for the next twenty years after all that lithium that they. <sighs> so I guess we have a list of other celebrities that have dishes at chefs. Yeah, that, there's Diamond a Jim? there's an Irv special, uh, which is the facility mixed with their cacciatore sauce topped with sautéed mushrooms, onions, and pepperoncini. And then it has the tagline, ah, "That's a spicy fusilli," which, <laughs> which I, I don't remember him ever saying on the news. No, that's uh, news to me. Yeah, they they have a big thing on their menu about like their their private label wine, which is like I said, is terrible. Uh, they also have a Laura Daniels, okay. which is a smaller portion of their chicken and vegetables, 
and a portion of the proceeds is donated to the Buffalo Animal Shelter. Mm. Oh, okay, mm. all right. So, uh, which is actually cheaper than just getting the chicken livers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to uh, the square. Yeah. It's Re. Oh, it's a snake. And Diamond Jim. And very good friend. Uh, you know, as, as we're shutting things down here, Rusty, we're going to finally get you that smoking jacket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been promised this for a while now. Yeah, yeah no, we'll keep promise. It'll, it'll be in the mail, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, once we have the uh, the square garage sale, we sell all of, all of our stuff off. Mm, yeah. Um, That's right. So we're here, though, in the in the pit. Uh, get in the pit and try to love someone, as Kid Rock once said. <laughs> yeah. And so we're here. Famous we're... chef aficionado, Kid Rock. He would eat it. He would eat it, chefs. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not a Kid Rock special ed chefs. Oh, there definitely, there definitely could be. We got to really convince him to come to Buffalo. Well, he's a Detroit guy, isn't he? Yeah, but but like maybe they could like boil the the spaghetti in uh, like Bud Light or something like that for him. <laughs> you know, speaking of Detroit and spaghetti, you know Eminem has a spaghetti chain. Yeah, oh, I didn't. I did the, not know the mom's that. spaghetti. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they they throw it right on your shoes just right as soon as you walk in. All of your shoelaces. Well, I, is he doing well with this venture? I mean, I I don't think even if he was doing badly. If he just kept it open he's, as a meme, I think he could afford to do that. Yeah, he's he's kind of following his heart. So yeah. anyway, we're here in. Uh, it, it is a a, a, Bill, a Bills football Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's a pre-election day Sunday. It's yeah. a pre-election day Sunday, and we are recording this from the 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 past for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll be in the time machine. We're we're getting in the time machine, so we will talk a little bit about the election. We're gonna recap right. it when right. it happens. Right. We 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 all got in the time machine last night to set our clocks. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the future. Well, right how, now. how do you feel about daylight saving time, Rusty? Just get, just get rid of it, uh, right? I hate it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess in the anti camp. Yeah. I then, uh, I mean, with kids, it's not that easy. I see all these people talking about how their cats don't go back on daylight savings time or whatever. But I mean, it's a different story when you've got a two year old whose natural habitat and natural reaction is just screaming all the time. So <laughs> come, that coming at like 3 a.m. Is, is a little rough. Mm-hmm. Those people need to uh, update the drivers on their cats. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I like the extra hour of sleep. But, you know, if you're that only works if you sleep at night, if you're a third shift person. Right. You, you have to work a whole extra freaking hour. Right. I mean, I, I know that not, not because I ever worked third shift, but because, you know, I occasionally will go out to drink at establishments on like <laughs> Allen Street. Yeah. And those fuckers get stuck working a whole extra hour at the That's bar. Right. That's right. I mean, it should be a really good tip night, I would hope. I, I would I would hope, especially because like now people get to drink an extra essentially to 5 a.m. So like you hope that like as long as they have any money left over in their account at the end of the night that they, they sign it all over to you. Mm hmm. <laughs> Here's hoping. Well, let, let's get in the time machine the other way, guys, because we'll we'll talk about uh, the elections happening this week, which will have already happened. And sorry, I'm a little stuffy today. These fucking allergies. God, I hate mm, the fall allergies. Yeah. Brutal. The fall allergies are awful. So I sound mm. like very Buffalodian today. Oh, you know Nobody what helps knows. me? Out? You got to get one of those Navages. I, I've heard that. those I've nose heard. cleaners. So I, I use the the squirt bottle spray. I feel like the Navage is better. I've heard people say this about the Navaj. Mm-hmm. I'll have to try it. You can purchase it with FHA funds if you have Ooh. that kind of shit. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I've heard other people say, say it. I, I do the whatever the squirt salt water mm-hmm. yeah. cleanse thing. Right. You know what else could help is uh, Diamond Jim's performance cigarettes. 
<laughs> you, I mean, to help clear, you know, you want to get the Buffalo style cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, I definitely eat the Buffalo style cigarettes. Now yeah. with five grams of protein, <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> it'll clear you right up. Right, if you want, I sell the Bruce Smith packs where it's it's forty eight <laughs> cigarettes, but you have to smoke them by yourself. Yeah, you can't sh- you can't share them. Yeah. This gag's gonna get a lot of traction. <laughs> yeah. I can tell. You, you got to smoke them in one sitting. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just one right after another. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let, let's get preferably the- at your dentist's office. <laughs> Let's get the time machine the other way, shall we? Because, all right, we have some elections coming up this week, but we have a future. We got in the in the future. Yeah, in the uh, year two thousand, like Conan used to say. Yes, in the year two thousand, we have a big fight brewing on the horizon, and we've talked about it before. And yeah. you know, we we've had uh, uh, Mitch Nowakowski, council member from the Fillmore District, Mitch Nowakowski, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rusty, we'd love to hear your thoughts because, look. We know there is going to be a changing of the guard uh, for council president in the city of Buffalo Common Council. Right now, we have in one corner, potentially, Mitch Nowakowski as a, a viable candidate for council president. In the other, we have South District Council member Chris Scanlon. Well, uh, also in the Buffalo News this week, both Dave Rivera and Rashid Wyatt were like, no, I could be council president. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got, I mean, look, four four contenders, not, and not one of them really a favorite. What, what do you think, Rusty? I don't know. I mean, go, going back to even the summer, the the buzz was really the Mitch versus um, versus Scanlon reporting and, and coverage there. So that's, uh, I'd say, probably still the two front runners in my mind. But yeah, with with more folks coming out now, especially with Councilmember Wyatt being the one to take a stand and, and to come out against the snow plan um, and to start showing some courage and some leadership. Um, you know, he, he could also sort of elevate into that role going forward into January. But everything that I'm hearing, it's still sort of a Scanlon and, and Mitch sort of a, um, a, a matchup right now. So I, I don't really know which way it goes. I've seen both of those uh, guys making a lot of appearances with um, the one and only Mayor Byron Brown several times um, since the the council elections back in or the council primaries back in june so it's clear that they're both sort of vying for it i don't know which way it goes yeah, so I, mean, I, I i was actually coming on here to, to hear jim's thoughts too well i mean i guess we can we could probably pretty safely uh eliminate everhart and halton pope from the discussion the two newest the elected. two new and I, it's, I mean which is and I, I know it's saying that oh well they're new as in the county ledge you know april baskin who's the chair person there she came in and immediately was elevated to chair her fir- very first like week in office. Um, so it wouldn't be unheard of, but that's at the county ledge. It's a little bit different animal than common council. Um, you know, common council is more of a, a career path. County ledge is more usually a stepping stone for people. Uh, so I, I guess we probably can safely eliminate those two. Uh, we can probably also safely eliminate Joel Farletto because he's busy actually being a lawyer and like he just does this as kind of like a hobby. Like some people collect stamps or like football cards, and he is a common council member from Delaware District. It's good to have hobbies. Yeah, um, uh, I think we could probably eliminate Galambek. Um, I just don't think he's all that popular with his fellow members of the common council. So he's like, been there for a million years too. He hasn't tried to in the past. Yeah, wait. I mean, he, yeah. he his attempt to move up was that when he primaried Sam Hoyt a couple of times and got you know, roundly defeated all those times. So I think they're like, ah, we don't really have to worry about you. So like that eliminates four of the nine districts like right off the bat. Um, that's and then I guess you know Brian Bowman. I, I mean, I I think if if 
because he's part of the Mitch Rashid, David Rivera, yeah. like uh, faction. If those three are potentially interested, like there's only so many of them can be interested or else they're all doomed to fail. So I guess it's probably safe for Brian Bowman to like stay out of it. He also probably had like maybe the most surprisingly uh, competitive primary for an incumbent this year where like, you know, he won pretty handily, but he actually had to like be put on notice because his district, the demographics are changing. And so this was a, an ethnic community that he wasn't prepared for really a fight for, I don't think. Um, so I think that he needs to just like shore up himself in Lovejoy and, you know, doesn't want to get Eric cantered. Um, so I, I, I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it's probably down to, I'm going to, I'm also going to kind of eliminate Dave Rivera. He's also been there for a long time and, you know, he hasn't shown a lot of it. I mean, the rumors for Dave Rivera is like pretty much for like the last three cycles that he's going to retire. How can you be like somebody who's always on retirement watch and then suddenly like, no, actually now I'm going to be council president. Um, you know, he has a leadership role already in ECDC. I don't think he needs a, a council president role. So really, I guess it's probably just down to like Scanlon, Mitch, and Wyatt. And I, I think it's, you're right, Rusty, with Wyatt taking more of an open stance. Uh, and, you know, he's had an, a, an inclination to do that over his career in the, in the council to occasionally take a stance by himself. He's probably the, the biggest wild card in the common council is like you have Sometimes you might not know until like the vote's actually happening what's going to happen with him. Well, he also probably feels a little bit emboldened, right? Like here comes Catherine Franco again, a challenger, you know, somewhat from his left flank. Not that Rashid Wyatt is like a conservative Democrat or anything, but uh, Catherine Franco clearly imaged herself to the left of him and he brownly defeated her, right? So it, he feels pretty damn safe in his district. And I, I think he got, he has some wind under his sails. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's that's probably fair. I mean, it's he. I think if if I'm Wyatt, I would try to do some some real politicking and looking at that. Scanlon and Mitch have way more fucking money in their campaign accounts than I do. You know, I mean, and it's it's not even close. You know, like uh, Scanlon, Farletto, and Mitch, I believe, have the three largest current uh, treasuries for campaign finance. So you know, like if you're Wyatt. Do, is that something that you re, like? You're not going to be able to like twist arms that way. You're not going to be able to like, all right, well, I'll give you a you know max donation to whip a vote. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting to see if if that's what plays out. It's also going to be interesting to see like because the council president with everything like you know, it seems like it, most people are pretty much of the opinion that the mayor is going to step right. away at some yeah. point. So right. the council, the, this race for council president is actually kind of like a de facto race for mayor. Yes. And that's why I'm that's why I keep sort of I have a hard time getting past the idea that there's probably some path that puts Scanlon in there. Um, and I, I just think he's probably the closer ally of Brown. Brown is is going to play kingmaker in this process because only he knows his future, even though it's kind of forecasted out there. He's such a risk averse guy that he's not the type that's going to go out there and do an interview with WKBW and say, I'm enrolled in a master's program, which is sort of the one hurdle that he has to um go up and and jump over in order to take that buff state position um and then he floated the idea that yeah he's he's now thinking about it and given his history of of risk aversion and always needing the win Mm -hmm. i don't think he's the type of guy that puts that information out there in the media without knowing where he's going to end up well you you say that rusty and and I, i largely agree with you except 
Jim, we've talked about kind of the looming financial crisis that's coming for the city of Buffalo. Byron, like, I, with with Rusty saying, I think Byron would be more comfortable if it was, say, somebody like Chris Scanlon, who yeah. is a close ally. So if he gets caught with the financial, isn't going to say, all right, well, this is all Byron Brown's fault and like and just try to shift the blame to him. He, exactly. he might try to absorb some of it himself because if Byron puts him in that position and he's been the one helping him the entire time. Whereas if it's somebody like Mitch or Wyatt, they're going to be like, I, this is not my fault. This, the, the guy who was here before me fucked up. I don't know. You know, the, 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 it's, and I don't mean the gumball bandit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But even still, I mean, if you're Chris Gamlin, I mean, do you want to be the guy? Yes. You get to be mayor. You get to have that on your resume for your whole life, an interim mayor potentially. Mm-hmm. But do you want to be the one that was in office when, you know, it, it all hit the fan when the financial situation that we've, We've been kicking the can down the road, and I, f- I fear once Byron Brown is, is out of office, it's all going to come crashing down. Um, so Chris Scanlon might not want that. I know he's vying for it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, a too my like I, I agree. Like I think that that could be very poisonous if you're Chris Scanlon. But at the same time, like when the county ended up in a bad financial situation after Giambra, it actually ended up being a launching pad for Chris Collins to uh, Congress and then jail. So, like, he got to do both those things. Now, that's career pathing. Yeah. And apparently, maybe Congress again this next year. But this time from Florida. Who is that guy? Who's that guy who's in Congress who, like, ran from jail? Do you know what I'm talking about? This is, like, in the 90s. I don't remember that. Fuck. Hold on. I'm going to look. You guys yeah. keep talking. Uh, I mean. I got to find this guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's not surprising. But, like, I mean. Because there's also what was uh there was the senator from Missouri who died and uh, it was too late to take his name off the ballot so they just they just said like hey if you vote for him his wife will become the senator and she won without even being on the ballot okay so I mean that's that crazy democracy right I mean, democracy in action I mean and obviously like you know uh, Collins wasn't in jail when the second time he beat McMurray but he'd he'd been indicted so you know like. I mean, it's it's pretty close to being in jail and winning. Pretty close. So uh, it's. I mean, so, yeah. I, I guess like getting back to our point, like it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think either of them are really officially whipping votes yet, because like they know it would look kind of bad because the general election hasn't officially happened. Even though we all know, like you know, you know, best of luck to Murray Holman, but like it's, you're not going to win. By the way, he's doing like uh, door hangers, which is just a like you have such limited money, and he's doing like full color door hangers. I was like, what are you doing? Like, what a create! Like, if you thought you had any chance, like you have to like really be like uh, efficient with your spending. Do you think he does t shirts for his theft? <sighs> yeah, for like for him and his family. <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah, I don't. Whatever, fine. Like, I, I mean, you could start whipping the votes, but like, I, I don't know. It's. We'll see what what goes on with like Everhart and Halton Pope. I mean, I assume that the mayor's gonna be able to whip those votes for Scanlon. So. Most likely. Well, remains to be seen. But all right, we're going in and out of the. We're we're in time and space. We're moving around like uh, Doctor Who and the TARDIS here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go back to the current moment. Let's talk about yes, the snow plan because. We've talked about it here before. We haven't talked about it with Rusty, though. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, Rusty, because 
it's November, baby. It, it's already snowed. Like it hasn't been a you know shit storm of snow as we've seen even last year, but it's coming. Um, even with the mild winter, it, it seems it appears that the city of Buffalo is still woefully unprepared for what could be you know. No, no. Didn't you see the mayor said he's prepared for a storm like we had in December? Yeah, we're all set. Oh, we're all yeah. set. Oh, yeah. oh, don't worry okay. about it. Okay, yeah. all right. I take that back. That's uh, we are prepared, and I don't worry about it. Right? Yeah, the the, uh, the city bought like city Whoa. bought like uh, forty five Afghan uh, wolfhounds, and they're just going to use those to like go through the streets and pick people up. The dog with the barrel of booze around its neck. Yeah, the Saint Bernard with the brandy. Yes, that's that's why I said I, I hate the Sabers dog because he's a Saint Bernard, but he doesn't have the brandy. He's only doing half the job. That's why the Sabers are. Oh, well, they won last night. Yeah, but they're mostly mid. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think, Rusty, about uh, the snow plan? Um, well, I mean, I think it's it's sort of like the classic buffalo model that the plan is if we get in deep shit again we're going to borrow stuff from the state we'll borrow their equipment <laughs> we don't need any more equipment than we had last year we'll just borrow from the state and that is i mean that's how we don't have a budget deficit right now we'll just take the money from the federal government this is just the model we we got to keep going on the ponzi scheme um it, it might run out one day but hey let's roll the dice in the near term here <clears throat> yeah it it really does just feel so patchwork and piecemeal and i'm honestly i'm shocked because, look, after the national scrutiny that we faced last year with, you know, I mean, I know Byron Brown doesn't give a shit about the local scrutiny, but it it was pretty intense. And a lot of people were rightfully upset about just how sorely, sorely underprepared we were for uh, the snow. And look, I know the blizzard of that magnitude. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a big thing that doesn't happen too often. Once a decade. Uh, potentially, maybe even more. But even still, we're just unprepared for regular snow, mm-hmm. um, the regular volume, as evidenced by the snow apocalypse that we had mm-hmm. even a month before that, where you know, the city was kind of shut down mm-hmm. and the blizzard was just like, forget it. The surrounding areas were, you know, the suburbs. I, I, Jim, I know we're talking different things with the county and different roads and the city has, you know, many smaller streets and, and whatnot, but there's no excuse for a city of, of Buffalo mm-hmm. size to be completely shut down for days. So the county was giving out uh, kind of safety packs, emergency packs, hoping you don't need them, but if you do, they're there. I don't know if they still have them, but you know, just make sure you're prepared for you, if not you, your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of those things that we're going to have to be there to look out for each other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... And and it's, it's I, I mean, oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Rusty. No, I was just going to say, the, the distribution of the shelters and warming centers too why um you know why it's getting so much attention for his critique i mean he's spot on you might as well just fucking appropriate the dollar generals at this point in yeah. time because there are more of those around and closer to right. the neighborhoods than um than the sites that are are designated right now i i don't know how um you know all of this press like Rhee was saying and all of this push to do something better this time around the headline was hey we did all this hard work and we turned in the snow plan on time we were early this year big fucking deal i mean you got to change the content well and and also like you know like you know, there was a the push like hey maybe you should have the snow plan ready by like april 1st and the mayor's like well that's impossible like how could how could a city like buffalo which has never gotten snow before be able to prepare an annual snow plan like that close to the prior winter and i was like I don't, I, I don't know. Like we should be able to do this for like a hundred years ago or longer. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, uh, like, you know, like I mean, I I'm, that's lost to time. I'm I'm of the opinion like the first time like 
Every day is a brand new day, Jim. Anybody lived in the Buffalo area. I'm going back to like like the natives, like settled like in the Buffalo area, and they're like in their summer, like, hey, this is great. And after the first winter, they've been like, fuck this. Like we're we're heading south. We're, we're all moving to Charlotte with the rest of our families. Like we're not living around here. Like this is terrible. You're gonna open a Bill's Backer bar. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna make some spaghetti parm. Yeah. If you're Byron, <laughs> I'm serious about this. If you're Byron Brown, you've been what. It, Five terms now, potentially six, probably not, but what, whatever. You've been there for a million years. What is your legacy? Like, because he has to be mindful of it. I know he doesn't. I mostly he mostly does not give a shit. He's just kind of right, there. Seem like it, yeah. But like, he's just there. To, he just exists. Fine. But someday, your name is going to be in the Buffalo history books, and they're going to talk about you if, if there's ever anybody who gives a shit about that sort of thing on that level, what will be your, your legacy? Nothing. You, you've done nothing. And in fact, it's you, probably better than Jimmy Griffin's legacy though. Like that's, that's actually a step up from there. Right? I, I guess when you put it, when you put it that <laughs> way, yeah. so he's got, got that going. He's for not him. Jimmy Griffin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's not shutting down the bars on Allen street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I just can't believe that a guy who was so ego driven that he was just going to run for a fifth term for mayor that, he put in all that time for this writing campaign. Like, clearly he cares somewhat about himself, about himself. So not just for his own selfish purposes. Why wouldn't he just have said he, he could put the Byron Brown stamp on it, the Byron Brown snow plan that we will have forever. That could have been his legacy. But it, but it, it, he clearly has never had like even like a like a medium term view of things. I mean, it's he's basically been like Mayor Ponzi scheme the entire time. Yeah. Where like he's just like shuffling assets the entire time just to keep himself looking decent and afloat. And like and I think you know that's why he's like if he could he'd be mayor for another like fucking six terms and just like you know, eventually turn into like Emperor of Buffalo. But he realizes that like you know like Bernie Madoff I can't keep doing this forever so I better get out of the way. Yeah, I mean, but like you know, because that's what we see, like with, you know, with like Jeff Kelly in the Investigative Post is like that that the city's invested no money in the DPW, at, or in the fire department, other than Jill Repman. Well, <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> that's a that's an investment in the future. That right, that, yeah. that that is that that one pays off dividends. Mm-hmm. It, I, somehow she's living the dream, and so I, more power to her. Yeah. <clears throat> indeed, indeed. All right. Well, let's go to. What will be the past moment for you, the current moment for us? Uh, we're talking, again, Poland cars. We're talking uh, Brian Nowak. I know we had Brian on last week. I know we went heavy into the races, but go Brian. But it, we had to find out what the Brian Nowak is at Chef's. Oh. Or actually, he wouldn't, he's a Chitawa guy. He wouldn't go. So what the Brian Nowak is at Peter K's. Peter K's. Yeah. Peter K's. The, uh, the Polish delicacies. So we the the fun part about recording these episodes right before the elections is that we get to kind of project here and then we can see how right or how wrong uh, we we were or you you get to see how right or how wrong we were like like idiots um, or we're geniuses yeah. but more likely we're geniuses so all right I I is it possible to after the results come in on Tuesday we just go back and re-record all this and predict everything that happened <laughs> and, no, and then we'll, release it on Thursday why, why don't we so we'll record both. Options right now, like you're like you're like when they have like telecasters like practice like reading like death notices for people who haven't died yet. We'll we'll, we'll just yeah. predict all the possible uh, yeah, outcomes, and I'll, and I'll just cut it in. Right, yeah, 
So uh, I'm predicting an exact tie for the county executives. Race. Oh, nice, dude. Uh, and that they'll, they'll have to, like, the, the way that they'll determine the winner is who can eat the Bruce Gotta Smith parm the fastest. That's, that's, they'll, clear yeah. out, they'll clear out their restaurant. They'll have, like, a, a, a day of setup. My money might be on Chrissy Kaboom there. I, I, yeah, I don't know that Poland cars can eat 40 pounds worth of spaghetti parm. I don't know. That's a lot of parm. Yeah. It's a lot of parm. Uh yeah, what, what do you think, Rusty? Yeah, any any hope for Chrissy Kaboom? Uh, I mean, she'll pull. I'd say probably at least a, a third. Uh, I I could see her getting up in the thirties, um, just based on sort of the registration across the county. But it's it's Poland cars race to lose. I, I would have to imagine. Yeah. I I think her floor is like low forties. I think you know just because Poland cars has been around long enough that yeah. like, and there are some people who. Most people have, like weren't upset about the pandemic, but there are some people who are residually upset about it. Uh, so I, I think her floor is probably like 41, 42, um, which is a pretty yeah, high I, floor. I, I, I'm in like a <clears throat> pretty, pretty high floor for somebody who shouldn't even be in the race. Did you see the, the piece by Charlie Specht in this week's news about the owner of the main place mall? I guess he's, he says Poland Cars is his sworn enemy. Yeah. He won't let him use like the bridge to that, that connects to what is is it? Is it the Wrath Building? It's the it's, okay. and, it's, and it's not the like he lets them use the third store bridge, third floor right, bridge okay. to connect to. The, he won't let them use the tunnel underneath. Okay. And the the Poland cars explanation is like, look, we talked about this with Homeland Security, and having like that access that we can't control underneath the main place mall bridge mm-hmm. to go directly to like the basement of the Wrath Building is a safety threat. Right. And this guy didn't want to hear it. He was like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, that's money I'm losing. And he's like, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, we get that. But also like, it's a safety threat. Um, so, uh, yeah. So th- this is, uh, yeah, yeah. They didn't have those kind of threats in the, what, the eighties when it was built, seventies, yeah. eighties. And yeah. it's a different time now. So no tunnel. I mean, like, I mean, that is literally the first world trade center uh, attack right. was, right. you know, a couple of vehicles loaded up with bombs in the basement of the world trade center. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you don't even have to be, like, imaginative to come up with an idea of how that could work. But he's given a bunch of money to Chrissy Kaboom. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of money, so the Poland Cars camp, or, or maybe it's the New York State Dems, either way, there's been a ton of money poured in. Um, and, and I say that as evidenced by just the million mailers that I've got. Uh, the YouTube, Mark Poland Cars YouTube ads. Chrissy Casilio is a dangerous extreme you know, MAGA Republican who supports Donald Trump. Um, I mean, it's full court press. Uh, you guys think that Mark is just spending the money because he has it and wants to just kind of no, I mean, no, flex? No, or do you no, think he needs to? No, I, I don't know that he needs to win, but, like, if he doesn't win convincingly, it's very embarrassing to him. You know, like like I said, her floor is, like, 42, but he needs to make sure that's also her ceiling. If he doesn't win, like, 58, 40, if, it, if it's, like, 53, 47, if she does better than like Ray Walter or Lynn Dixon, that's fucking embarrassing for him. So like, well, he... that's that's kind of like the governor's race too, because now I mean, you look at the outcome of that last election that Hochul won. She did not win convincingly, right. and the candidate was right. I I barely remember his name, Lee Zeldin, right? Yeah, Lee Zeldin. Uh, Legend of Zeldin. So Legend. results like that just are going to embolden the Republicans, and they're going to field a real candidate next time around, yeah. and it's going to be a little bit closer than uh, than you would think for Blue New York State. Again, we haven't been particularly inspired by uh, the Erie County Republicans or what Mike Crocker has done, but you're right. If they do sense any blood in the water, 
next time around, yeah, they could put somebody out there that's viable. I uh, can really be a contender. The problem is I don't know who even an election cycle from now who that would be. Um, but I nevertheless, mean, you I mean, know. I mean, honestly, like Patrick Cecilio, Chrissy's dad would have been a better opponent. He's been super a supervisor of Clarence. He's up for re-election this year. He has actual like elected like, uh, uh, executive leadership demonstrated ability as far as like running a, a town even as small as Clarence. Like he would have been a better actual real candidate than Chrissy. He probably doesn't know how to use Twitter, which is probably in his probably favor. yeah probably super in his favor. Yeah. Uh, he's not even sure who Demar Hamlin is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think polling cars. I, I'm I'm feeling like fifty five forty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, I I know uh, early voting's been going on. Today's the last day of early voting. Uh, tomorrow being Monday, they they take the day off so that they can compile all of the uh, the ballots. Um, but you know. Early voting's been low turnouts. I mean, obviously, like what you would expect. I mean, if the the main race this year is this county executive's race and it's super uninspiring, you you wouldn't expect high turnout. There's no competitive races in the city of Buffalo to drive turnout there. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of competitive races in most of the towns. I mean, to be honest, you know, Cheektowaga, West Seneca, Hamburg, Amherst. That's a that's about it for where there's actually races. I know the mayor of Kenmore running unopposed again. Yeah, we're gonna have a Mang. I guess. I guess you could say uh, Mang Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah. Mang Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, I've been working on my pottery. To... <laughs> it, you know, and Jim, you're, just to your point, by the way, I'm surprised, really, that they put a, a candidate the caliber of Chrissy Casilio up. As as in this in this low turnout election cycle, right? They could have really been a little bit more viable, in my opinion. But they, again, like we've talked about, they have no money. That's why you're seeing like the uh, New York State Republican Committee doing all the mallers for them, and so they needed somebody who could basically self fund, you know. And the the problem is with say somebody like uh, Frank Todaro out of the County Ledge is that like you know he's got some money, but like he can't self fund like uh, Chrissy Casilio can. You know, um, and, and, you know, they, they also need somebody who, like, you know, while we go, oh, well, this person's insane, but that is the traditional Republican base now. They need a crazy person to, like, to drag them out, or else they end up losing a primary like they did in the county ledge to Lindsay Larigo. Yeah. Any prognostication on your end, Rusty? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm kind of with um, both of you. I mean, polling cars I, I, has the clear path to victory, but it's going to be tighter than it should, given the enrollment advantage the Dems see. Um, I'm curious, have, did you guys get your uh, report cards from the New York State Democratic Committee? Did you get your voting grades in the mail? Ah, the report cards. Yes, this was a hot topic on Buffalo Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I did not get my report card. No, neither did I. Same. Uh, which which I was told meant that like you basically like always voted or never voted. If, if you Oh, so this is like a, sh- a shame thing. Yeah, yes. it was, it's okay. definitely a shame. And, and it, wow. it's, it's such a piece of shit, Mal. It's such garbage. It is. It is awful. Um, Because they're like, oh, like, your voting grade is like, I've seen people like as high as like a B. And like, your your Republican neighbors are a B. And they're like, yeah, so like, you need to get out and vote oh, more. God. I you, hate this shit. Yeah. And I was like, like, look, the Republicans are doing Mallers. Like, I saw one that they sent out to like fucking like Lockport, the town of Lockport, where there's no election really going on. About how like uh, Democrats are all like anti-American socialists, and the the state Democratic Committee instead of like trying to guilt Democrats into voting more, 
instead of doing this Catholic guilt bullshit, should have just been like, hey, just to remember, Republicans are like anti-abortion, anti-queer rights. Like, like hammer them on what the Republicans are actively doing and how they're working at the federal level to encourage them to get out to vote. Not like, not this like fucking like passive aggressive. Hey, we're gonna lose if you don't work hard. Like, fuck, it's just fuck you guys. Too. It's you know, they're gonna vote, so you should vote instead of telling me why I should vote. Right. What, what, what are you right. actually for? Exactly. Instead of just against my Republican neighbors who are gonna go out and vote. Exactly. Yeah, I'm really curious what the psychology with all this is. is. Is it just for literally just to make people so mad that they talk about the election so they recognize that it's going on? Is this like some kind of weird, you know, like mind game that they're playing? I mean, I, the, I or are they just incompetent? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I would like to maybe give them the credit, like may, maybe that they've seen that, that like this has been shown to work somewhere like you know, in studies, like that this is actually driving turnout. But it just seems like such a piece of shit, man. Like, like the way you try to turn your base out is by like trying to guilt them and embarrass them. What in the fuck has that ever fucking worked? Like, I don't know. Like, like I said, like, the, like that's the Catholic way, and like at least in United, like American Catholic way of like raising people. And I don't know if you noticed the last like sixty years, but the Catholic Church isn't doing great. Not doing great there. So yeah, to put the the nerd hat um, on for a second and talk a little bit about your social science literature. Um, there, there have been some field experiments done on effectively vote shaming um, and social contagion. And so there are positive findings out there that trying to shame people into voting can work. But a lot of that research was also done in, say, your early 2000s, 2007, 2008. Um, and the level of polarization probably has changed a bit in the past 15 years. And I don't think that there's... Um, the, there's still this viable idea that if I just tell you that your neighbors vote, why don't you, that it's going to get you to the polls the same way it would if you tell me why I should go and, and what you're going to do. I think the the temperature has shifted a little bit since some of that work has been done. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if it, it won't have any impact on this race, but it, it just does feel like an affront to the sensibilities, right? Like, what the fuck? My grade is a... Because also the people who are responding on the internet take them at their word, but you got a great one person like I've been voting for sixteen years or whatever straight, and I got a grade as a D voter. Like, where are you pulling this yeah. information from? Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's yeah I I don't I wonder where like some of this stuff just seems totally made up like out of whole cloth and like again like why didn't I get one? Yeah, you know? yeah I didn't get one either. Yeah, I mean I'd like to hang an A up in my fridge. I haven't been I, able to do that in years. I'd like to hang an F plus up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess like that just says like, uh, we don't give a shit about Tanawanda. Yeah. If I, if I, right. If I'm Joe Edminger, I'd be like, fuck you guys. Why, why not? Although uh, most of the mailers I've gotten for the town of Tanawanda uh, have been coming out of the New York state democratic committee mailing, mailing house. So I don't know if they're paying for them or if the local com committee is just paying them to use their, their stamp and you know their uh, mail house or whatever's going on there, but um, it's it's interesting that a lot of stuff seems to be coming out of Albany for these local elections this year. It does it does indeed? And and okay, the other big local election we we went through all the ones last week, but we're talking about the sexy ones here. Uh, Brian Nowak versus uh, Jasinski. Is it Mike Jasinski? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I think Doug for some reason, but I know it's, it's yeah. We Mike. can call him Doug. Yeah. Doug Jasinski. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Noak Jasinski, uh, we you will know the results of the election. We don't as of this recording. So 
the the socialist, the red menace, Brian Nowak, uh, <laughs> as as Mike Jasinski would lead you to believe, versus the Confederate flag waving yokel, uh, the scourge of Cheektawaga, uh, Mike Jasinski. It's going to be a tight race. I I, I think that uh, I think Brian, um, you know, in talking to him, he he's been putting in a ton of work. He he always works his ass off, but especially so for this race, it feels like, because uh, he knows it's going to be tight. Rusty, what do you think? Uh, what what are we looking at potentially uh, come election day in Chictawaga? Yeah, you know, like you said, it's going to be tight, but I I do think that uh, that Brian's going to pull it off. Um, I, I mean, it's pretty clear that his opponents have brought everything they could possibly bring at him this time around, and he's. Uh, just shrugged it all off very professionally and and by still staying positive and making it an issues-oriented campaign. When you have a paper like the Buffalo News still covering your campaign last week just because you released like a blooper reel highlight and they're still um, not giving you the India Walton treatment even though you've had you know leanings toward the left, um, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that he's going to appeal to a lot of the mainstream Dems and that he will, uh, he, he should have a path to victory in this uh, one. I I actually, like, this is going to be my hot take. I actually don't think it's going to be as close as people think it's going to be. Mm. I Because, you know, uh, I have two things that I'm basing this off of. One, I always say you can't run a campaign, a successful campaign on the I'm not the other person. And Jasinski is not running anything about himself. It's just Brian Nowak is terrible and will ruin our town. He's not running anything about Mike Jasinski. The other thing is that Two years ago, we saw Stefan Mahailu, who had way higher name ID in Hamburg, basically run a anti-DSA campaign in a suburb. And Hamburg is actually a much more conservative suburb than Chictawaga. It's gone twice for Trump and, and presidential elections. And he got I know Randy Hoke is a different animal like, there, but Mahailu has a much higher name ID than Jasinski. He was county controller. He's been on the news. Like, and he got waxed in Hamburg. And his campaign was basically what Jasinski's doing now. It, it was nothing about what Stefan Mahaila was going to do for Hamburg. It was how, you know, Randy Hoke is going to bring India Walton and Democratic Socialists or Socialists out to Hamburg and ruin our town. And it didn't work then. And I don't think it works at all this year either. You got percentages for us, Jim? I, I think it's going to be like 60-40. Whew. Okay. Uh, count me in on the, uh, let me go like 53-47. Oh, and and we and we focus on this race a lot. One, because I mean, Brian's our friend. Like, you know, we're not. Uh, we'll full disclosure on that. Like, we love Brian, and um, we, we're obviously rooting for him. But also, too, I think it is very much uh, Brian's path um, in Western New York politics. I really think it is the blueprint for a lot of folks who are Agreed. left of center. Yep. Who you know, because I. I'll drink a Fago to that. Yeah, because quite frankly, I get sick. You know, I, I read Twitter because I hate myself, and I, I will just look on there and mm-hmm. see whatever insane shit people are posting. Um, but I, I I see a lot of just doomerism, and I, I really right. can't. St- I cannot stand just complete fucking like abject doomerism, especially. That's about- not ignoring the bad parts of the news or. Well, of no, life, no, right? no, no, no. But but I, I'm with you. I see where you're saying. What, what, I mean, look, like a lot of these people are like, OK, why would I ever get involved at all? Why would I ever do? Because I had a couple candidates that I, I backed in the common council races didn't win. In fact, they lost pretty handily. I guess I'm just done because Byron Brown is rigged the whole thing. And Jeremy Zellner. And they're just like, 
throwing whatever excuse they have at the wall to not want to get involved. Mm-hmm. Brian Nowak, founding member of the DSA here in in Western New York, in Buffalo. He's right? putting work in. But, but he's continually done so. He's walking the walk and talking the talk. Well, right. But also by working within the Democratic Party. Right. Like, he, look, there's a reason that Jeremy Zellner is not trying to, like, cut him off at the knees constantly, right? right. Because he makes appearances. He works. He helps support candidates. Well, and he got the support of the committee. And so this is a good trend. Like, so last night I went to the Our City Action Buffalo Meat Raffle that they had at the American Legion on Amherst near, next to Wegmans. And I looked around, and, you know, there's, you know, I don't know, 120 people, 150 people there. And I was like, you know, if all these people ran for committee, fucking Jeremy Zellner would be fucked. He'd be, he'd, he'd be so fucked if, if all those people in that room ran for committee uh, as, like, a, as a collected leftist group and uh, tried to, like, take over the committee. You, know, you wouldn't be able to take over the entire county committee or even the entire city, but you could take over a couple of zones. And now, now you're actually being able to dictate who gets the com- uh, committee endorsements. And, you know, like, you know, we talked about this at the time, like, during the committee, uh, the council primaries this year. Like, I don't know that, like, everybody who ran for co- all the incumbents or the people who won necessarily even run at all if they don't get the endorsement because they needed that for supporting, for for funding, for getting petitions signed. They needed that that work from the committee. And, you know, I, like I said, like, looking around, I was like, there's like 150, you know, people or so here maybe a little bit less. And I was like, if they were all committee members and you concentrated them, Jeremy Zellner is in a world of fucking hurt then. Or maybe not Jeremy Zellner in particular, but like whoever the current zone chairs are can't just dictate who gets to be the endorsed candidate. Right. I know there are a lot of hardworking people who want to, who who maybe don't know the path of how to do that. Right. So it, it could be an education gap. It could be a, you know, maybe putting your your energies in the wrong direction, and we can guide you towards doing stuff like that. But I truly just despise the, you know, shrug my shoulders and stomp my feet, and you know, just say like, "Oh, it's it's all rigged," type of thing. Like it kind of is, but also like you can do something about it. But speaking of shrugging your shoulders and stomping your feet, Nick Langworthy. Ah. <laughs> oh, ah. what did he do this week? Uh, so he voted to. Uh, Say, hey, everybody who's a member of the House of Representatives, raise your hand. Not so fast, George Santos. <laughs> uh, which, you know, which, which you know, I know, like, people are like, well, obviously, like, more things keep coming out about Santos, and, like, it's obvious. But I was like, you know, Nick Lang really is very tight with Chris Grant, and Chris Grant did a lot of work on the Santos campaign. Made a lot of money off of George Santos. <laughs> or, like, or off of whoever's credit cards George Santos had at the time. He created a new way to get the heat off you temporarily. Yeah. Carry around a random baby. Yeah. It worked. It's a, it's a great strategy. Yeah. It worked. Huh? Yeah. He didn't get expelled. Yeah. Not, I mean, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to find, like, I can't wait for, like, the competing uh, biops, uh, biopics uh, in a couple of years about George Santos. Oh, my God. Are you a biopic sayer? Would you say biopic? I, I did just now. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I don't normally. Okay. Uh, but I, I we did went just through now. this a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. I know, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we're we're coming back. You're to trying it. to catch me. Let's you're trying get to it catch out of our slacking. systems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't stand for it. It's a yeah. biopic. Yeah, uh, yeah, biopic. Yeah. Uh, Jif. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah. No, I, I can't wait for like more stuff to like people to do like a Netflix movie of George Santos or whatever. Or uh, it'll be oh my god, be a lot of fun. 
Um, I hope I hope Nick Langworthy gets a small cameo in it. Would I don't know if it'd be truth or fiction because it's, the lines are so blurred with that guy. Yeah, I mean, it basically like catch me if you can, except yeah. the, the congressional version. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of awesome, actually. Yeah. I'd watch it. Yeah. Rusty, I, I I've got I've got bad news for you. I, I know. Brace yourself. I, I know. I know you, you you spent a lot of your hard earned dollars trying to win Josh Allen's truck. You know, I'm uh, I'm never going to get over this one, to be honest with you. Uh, well, the good news, the good news. So the bad news is that the raffle is over. There, there, there was a winner. The good news is that the truck is still available. Yeah. Now it's a Shelby Ford Raptor. So it's a, it's like the top of the line Ford Raptor you can buy. Truck way too big for any, anyone who drives around these streets in Buffalo. Like even with the snow, it's way too much truck. But Josh Allen had. Well, Josh Allen's a big boy. He's a big boy. He needs a lot of trucks. He needs that butt room. He needs that. He needs that butt room. I've so. seen that tattoo. He needs <laughs> that butt room. <laughs> yes. So, uh-huh. in the raffle for for either truck or a hundred thousand dollars, big boy truck, you will be shocked to learn that the winner of said raffle chose the money. Yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> Sell out. Loser. Yeah. You know there are people in this town who would have been like. Shitting their dick about, oh, showing off my Josh Allen Ford Raptor to all my neighbors in Lackawanna. Right, that's Russ Salvatore is in fucking shambles right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's, he is. It's yeah. all those seats he bought during the blackout period. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like I was, I was just gonna dry, he, drive no around Lancaster in my truck. Yeah. Now, do you want a hundred thousand dollars in cash or this depreciating asset? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the Josh Allen bump doesn't doesn't give it much value, does it? I, I don't th- I don't think there's much of value attributed. Josh to it. Allen's his ass butt. was in yeah, this seat. Yeah, right. I mean, they were better. Off it was with... signed. I guess he signed the truck. It, oh, great! They would, yeah, right. they would have been way better off if they got Taylor Swift to auction off a truck. Ooh, ooh yes, yeah. They would have made way more money. Good point. So I would, but yeah, I, the Josh Allen truck, like, yeah, like. That had to be like the quickest decision ever. Like, would you like to try oh, money? I'll take the money. I'll take. I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> take the money. You wouldn't have thought about it even for a second. No, 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 no. no because Josh Allen's got his ass grooves in the seat. Like, okay, I don't okay, want. Right, I, okay. I I already told you what I would have done. I'm like, I'll take the hundred thousand dollars. By the way, how much do you want for that truck? <laughs> Guarantee it's not a hundred thousand dollars. I could I could I could probably walk out of there with like the truck and forty grand in cash. I bet you. Even maybe even have uh, enough to get like Cole Beasley branded truck nuts for it. (laughs) (laughs) Josh Josh Allen's got like a like an empty like Diet Coke bottle with a bunch of like fucking seeds in there. Like like they left all his shit in there, you know. Right. He's got a packet of package of Zins, like (laughs) all all his uh, Buffalo style Pepsis. All his Buffalo style Pepsis, yeah. Yeah, you get the Josh Allen truck, you get he doesn't clean the truck before he gives (laughs) it to you. All those takeaways from chefs. Oh, Oh yeah. The oil hasn't been changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and either the truck or the chef's pasta. Right, right. The Josh Allen truck. Well, it's still available. So if you want Josh Allen's, uh, I'm assuming, dirty-ass truck right. where they haven't changed the oil, you could still buy it, uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, take your uh, Hyundai Sonata and trade it in. See if you can make a, a one-for-one swap. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. Jim, uh, Zoo Watch. Zoo, yeah, Zoo Watch. This is our famous Zoo Watch segment. We've had a big year for the zoo. We had the baby lion cubs. Yeah, yeah. They were very cute. I saw them. And now what? Now, now apparently, uh, we we imported 
from Chicago, that famous uh, natural habitat of rhinoceroses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a, we got a rhino at the Buffalo Zoo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Chicago rhinos. There's the old Chicago rhinos. The Chicago. Listen, man, I, I was in Chicago a few weeks ago. They could probably hang out in like Hyde Park. Yeah, you no, know? The, the river. They, they they swim through the river. Oh That's, yeah. The, they're called Chicago piranhas. Mm-hmm. Big Talking <laughs> Heads fans. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what actually turns the river green at St. Patrick's Day is they they get they make all the rhinos get out to change the water. Oh, I, I, I was this is a true story. Was it Hyde Park? I, I can't remember where I was, but uh, like in this park, apparently there was a famous story of how a gator got loose, an alligator got loose in the park because some some big drug dealer had like all sorts of exotic animals, including alligators. Oh, that seems like a drug dealer thing to do. And one of them got loose in the park, and so it became uh, just the the famous gator of. Oh, where was it? Was it Hyde Park? Whatever. Uh, but yes, we need we need something a little local color, yeah. a little animal on the loose. Yeah, we need we need. Where, to... I, where I lived in in Texas, there was this exotic animal owner, um, uh, probably just like two miles away from our housing development, and his kangaroo got loose when he was on vacation, and so there was a solid week and a half where it was just kangaroo watch in town. Um, local police force and everyone were on it. It was wow. <laughs> That's you know, it was some life. ECRC should have ran a kangaroo for county executive. Now we're that, now that would have got you new, like that would have got you earned media in the Buffalo News every single day. Is you know, like at at St. Joe's for the debate with the high school students, uh, Republican kangaroo knocks out twelve high school students. Those <laughs> things are so jacked, dude. Yeah, the muscles on a kangaroo, mm-hmm. they're pretty tough. So, uh, but yeah, so we, we've got a rhino. So I guess go check it out. Whatever. That's, what did they name it? Nick Langworthy? Did yeah, you say? I think, I think yeah. Nick Langworthy is the name of the rhino. Uh, Chris Jacobs, actually. Is. Oh, Chris Jacobs. Chris yeah. Jacobs. <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? We don't have it on the board, guys. Okay. We don't have it on the board. But I, I love off-the-board stuff. But I'm going to throw this out here yeah. because it really he, – he finally – he got me. All these all these years we've been doing Nate Watch. <laughs> and, and Nate has thrown a lot of insane takes out. Okay. But we're, we're sending him with the Noid over to uh, the Middle East. Yes. But but he, he got me, at not politics, not, you know, any social stuff. It was the movies. Ooh. He had a movie take. Okay. And specifically, he came after my beautiful boy, Martin Scorsese. All right. And so... I recently saw uh, the new Scorsese movie, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Fantastic. Five stars. Masterpiece. Marty, you've done it again. But Nate McMurray does not feel the same way, and that's fine. We're all entitled to our dumbass opinions. But Nate specifically said, I find uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, story, I find him to be overrated as the director. Wow. His storytelling is, he's not a good storyteller. Oh my gosh. Um, what other, I, I posted. He said, except for Goodfellas or something like that. And didn't he also say that he made Leo DiCaprio's character sympathetic and it shouldn't have been. I'm going to read the tweet. Let's go. I'm going to read the tweet. <laughs> and by the way, this like fucking massive paragraph here. Uh, th- this That's this, not a tweet. It's not a tweet. It's a book. Yes. And he edited it. So I saw this Flowers of the Killer Moon. Flowers of the Killer Moon. You dumb fuck. Flowers of the Killer Moon. Okay, that's that's Nate. The movie's called Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he is talking about another movie then. Yeah. I, I read the book a long time ago. Doubt it. 
And, <laughs> and I was really looking forward to seeing it. Uh-huh. But I was sort of disappointed. It's obviously an incredibly tragic and compelling story that needs to be told. I just think Martin Scorsese is a very overrated director with a capital. He put director with a capital D um, who doesn't have much of a cinematic style and makes things muddled and sort of ridiculous. And, and this is and this is his this is his example, by the way. See Gangs of New York, for an example, where people are fighting in the street with Freddy Krueger claws. So your example of so your example of a Scorsese movie that does not have a cinematic style and things are muddled and sort of ridiculous. So you just con- you contradicted yourself. So Scorsese does take things over the top and ridiculous where you have a guy who's fighting in the street with Freddy Krueger claws, but he doesn't have a cinematic style. You dumb motherfucker. I swear to God. I, oh, I'm so <laughs> mad. Um, in this movie, the main character is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. He plays a man who poisoned his native... Spoilers, I guess. But he plays a man who's, who poisoned his native wife, which Scorsese somehow makes sympathetic. You have no media literacy whatsoever. I, I, I swear to God. Like, did you did you watch like Breaking Bad and think Walt's the good guy? Like, I, I, he's not. He's not. Oh my God! I'm getting heated at this. In a very strange ending, Scorsese uh, appears teary-eyed to deliver a tribute to the Osage people. It just comes off so odd, ham-fisted and odd. Well. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I sw- if there's anybody who knows ham-fisted, it's Nate McMurray. If anybody knows odd, it's Nate McMurray. <laughs> ham-fisted and odd—that's your fucking title, of your bi- biography, nope. buddy. Good guys got to be clearly good, and bad guys got to be clearly bad in movies. I'm Otherwise, it's I'm a bad movie. Re. Yeah, I, I like how like his one pick for like like a bad Scorsese movie was like famously derided movie. Fucking Gangs of New York. <laughs> it, it, it won like six hundred Oscars. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, garbage. Yeah, garbage. Oh my god! I mm. yeah. Again, his insane politics takes. I just you know laugh. We share him in the Nate watch, but he comes after Marty, and it's just like can't be done. Can't be done. Can't be done. So mm. I, I was I was tempted to you know I I don't want to ever get into like tweet wars with anybody, but uh, I I I don't want to ever engage with insane people on Twitter. <laughs> And uh, I, I almost did, though. I almost like I almost said, Nate, this is your most, and I don't say this lightly, your worst take. Um, but let me say it here, Nate. It is your worst take. <laughs> I, I I'm just imagining the way you said that, Nate McMurray, comma my ex girlfriend, is that you were explaining who Nate McMurray was. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how it sounded to me too. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we don't need it. We don't use Oxford commas no, or whatever. It's all here. coming together. Yeah, it's all coming together. All right. So, Rusty, you, we've got you here on the show. Uh, what have you been working on? With your big brain of yours. Oh boy, it's a good question. A lot of housing stuff, actually. So, um, pretty soon I, I'll be coming out with. Have you guys heard of this Emergency Tenant Protections Act that we have in New York State? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's the only measure that we have statewide that allows for rent stabilization. Um, and I, I know it's not 2010, but a lot of folks are saying that the rent is still too damn high. Um, so this Emergency Tenant Protections Act was expanded back in 2019 to allow cities to opt in if they want to put rent stabilization on on certain buildings that meet certain criteria. Um, but the only catch is the city has to pony up money to do a vacancy study to see what the vacancy rate in the eligible buildings are. I'm only aware of two cities that have done that. In one, they... Um, the survey found they weren't eligible for it, and the other, um, I, I think they were able to opt in. 
but there's been a lot of noise around the city of Buffalo for a while. Um, you know, folks lobbying the Common Council to try and opt into this, and there's been no movement. And one of the big issues is that, you know, again, no city wants to put up the money to do this study. So um, I've been working with some folks and, and we figured out a way to do this vacancy study potentially without any cost, just using some public data. And the first go around that we had at this estimated the vacancy rate for potentially eligible buildings in the city of Buffalo. And guess what? Um, it looks like eligibility is probably on the table. And so Buffalo may be able to opt in. So I've got that methodology and those results coming out before the end of the year. And um, I know they'll probably fall in a lot of deaf ears, but that's that's one of the big pushes that um, at least my work's trying to make here in the near term. I mean, it's like, you know, it just kind of explain like what would be the, the positives of opting in if you're the city of Buffalo? Uh, well, so rent stabilization will stabilize rent for a lot of people who are in units that have seen explosions in rental prices recently, especially, you know, a after the onset of the pandemic. Um, it seems like everybody's got a story about either rents rising or other housing costs going up. We've had historic inflation the past 18 or so months. So, um, you know, rent stabilization by being able to identify um, a certain number of units, maybe as many as like 10,000 or so across the city that could be locked in at a stable level of rent so that the tenants and families living inside of those units don't have to experience these huge fluctuations and then go get a second job or try to figure out how they're going to pay their bills. Um, you know, it could create a better situation and more affordable housing for a lot of families. It doesn't cover you know nearly enough people in a place like this. So the parameters on it are, they have to be buildings of a certain age, uh, to have six or more units. So again, it's not going to apply to everyone, but um, it's just like student loans, right? Even if I don't get my loans forgiven, if there's some sort of sweeping federal lo loan forgiveness, I still think other people's loans should be forgiven. Um, and that's like this as well. Maybe we can't all get our rent stabilized in the near term, but under state law, at least you know a, a good chunk of people in Buffalo could. And so that's in my mind, unequivocally a good thing. And so, and so we talk about like you know, the the buildings like and the specific specifications. So like. You know, are there parts of the city that would be more affected? I assume there are, like, you know, not just council districts, but like even sub districts that are, that would be more affected. You know, like you talk about like you know six or more units. You know, I mean that that's that's not a lot of South Buffalo. No, no. I, so I mean, where the the buildings that are probably eligible are located are more in the high density corridors. So you're talking really between sort of the west side and Delaware Avenue, maybe skirting out a little bit from there. So some of the most expensive places to live could you know, see rent stabilization um, occur disproportionately in those locations, which could open up units to people who can't currently afford to live in those you know, higher density places. So um, again, it's, it's one of those things where um, we have the option on the table. It's you know just an opt-in resolution that's required from local bodies to be able to do it. And hopefully, um, you know the methods and the data that we'll put out there will enable at least some cities to take a different look at this. I mean, and it seems like that would be something that, like, if done in conjunction with this current like short-term lease moratorium that the city has enacted, right? Where, um, you know, which seems to be mostly targeted towards like the Airbnb type of stuff. Um, which, you know, we've talked to you about in the past, like, you know, those type of things, the, the Airbnb or, you know, whatever other Airbnb we have at home, uh, versions of that, um, really, you know, impact housing prices quite a bit because it takes housing stock out of the available stock in the, in the city. And it charges such high rates that, you know, other landlords, you know, whether they're large landlords or just us, you know, mom and pop see that and go, well, 
why would I rent an entire apartment for X amount of money when I can get, you know, that amount of money in one week and I don't have to have a tenant the entire time? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the the rise in the number of short-term rentals that we have, like you said, that takes permanent rental housing stock away. And we're a city that is now majority renter with rentership rates rising every year. And so as you're seeing more and more households having to rent, but more and more rental units being taken off of the permanent uh, market so that you can um, you know, profit from from short term higher rates. You know, that's uh, it's not really a, a situation that's going to get any better or make things easier for folks down the road. It's just going to build up more and more and get worse. Well, I mean, again, you said it like it, it most likely will fall on deaf ears, but I, I, I like to be optimistic. I, I I truly think that the work that, that you're doing on this kind of thing um, it gets heard. It, it, it builds the case, right? It builds the case for ultimately this is a problem. Like this is something that we, we need to address and it's just not tenable. Like with the rise of short-term rentals, just ever increasing um, or with the renters, I should say, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, this is hopefully just building that like awareness that we just, the way the path we're going down is not, <laughs> it's not sustainable. Yeah, and I mean, on that same question, so another thing that I'll have coming out pretty soon is um, we're building this interactive mapping portal where basically anyone can go in and search for a property in the city of Buffalo, and then um, the mapping portal will return all of the other properties that are linked to that. So have the same owner, um, whether it's behind an LLC or something else. And that way um, folks will be able to see the ownership profile of, of say, their landlord um, where they own properties in the city, and then the code violation histories of those properties so that you can get a sense of um, who you're in a financial relationship with as a tenant. Um, and you know, in doing the work for setting that up, I also sort of went back and looked at those ownership records over time. And what it shows is you know potentially correlating with this short term rise in short term rentals is we're having more and more owners that are outside of the city of Buffalo, especially downstate owners. and um downstates, owners that have proliferated in recent years since the pandemic um, tend to be the properties, the rental properties in Buffalo that have the highest rates of code or instances of code violations. And so all of these dynamics are, are related. And if you can you know, begin to get a, a handle on a rent issue or an absentee landlord issue, these are all related phenomena. And to try to find policy solutions to get um, to get for, to move forward from these issues um, is something that we haven't shown a knack for in Buffalo, but hopefully that will change. Um, otherwise, we're just going to continue diving deeper into these crises. So what I'm hearing from you is talking about like you know the stuff happening downstate is uh, we should divide New York. <laughs> uh, well, my assembly member would say it's time. Know. It's yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I I love seeing the divide New York stuff. I because I, I drive through like North Tonawanda and Wheatfield on a regular basis for work. And like, there's just so many of those nonsense signs up there. And I was like, you guys have no idea. <laughs> well, um, thanks for joining us here, Rusty. Uh, love having, having you, on, man. Yeah. yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, we, uh, well, I, if, if, if you listen to the square podcast, you most likely follow Dr. Rusty Weaver, but where, where can you be found on the internet? I, I I still begrudgingly have a, a Twitter account that I don't uh, I'm not very active on these days, but I did come back over the past week. Um, it's Rust Belt G O G E O is the only social media presence I've got. Okay, and uh, if if 
anybody wants to get into your academic work, where can they, where can they find that? Uh, probably collecting dust on a shelf somewhere. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, and as we wind down here, just a couple shout outs. Uh, I, so I recently attended um, this past weekend, uh, an exhibit at rivalry projects. It's on college street off of Allen is a beautiful exhibit called keep a place for me. Um, I'll just read from the Instagram. It, it, Keep a place for me. It's Cliff, uh, artist Clifford Prince King and Ryan Patrick Kruger. Uh, it's a, a mediation on queer coming of age experiences. It's it's a beautiful exhibit. Um, these two young black men and putting their place in in queer history and um, just beautiful artwork and, and beautiful exhibition. So it's running through December twenty second. Um, I'm friends with the uh, the curator there, um, Liv McManus. But I just want to shout out because I thought it was such a a beautiful exhibition. Um, also housekeeping for us though, the, uh, uh, the square Christmas party. The, yeah. The Christmas party, uh, Friday, December 8th, 7 to 10 PM at the Armory restaurant on Connecticut street. Uh, I keep, I keep telling everybody, make sure you know, it's, it is cash only at the Armory restaurant and they do, do not have an ATM on premises. Speaking of the time machine theme that we've had for t- today, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're doing it for seven to 10, um, Seven to eight will be just kind of like a general like mingling. We'll have some food. Um, eight to like eight forty five, we're gonna have a band play, and then we'll do a live show uh, from like nine to ten. We're gonna do news of the week. Doctor Jason Knight's gonna join us to uh, be angry and uh, bitch about the news. Oh, he gets angry. Uh, oh yeah. We're gonna do we're gonna do a couple interviews. Uh, right now we've got uh, tentatively scheduled uh, State Senator Sean Ryan. Um, we have uh, Mary Schaefer from Westside Community Services, which Westside Community Services is the nonprofit that will be benefiting this year. We're going to play Rear Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be a great uh, Rear Republican. Our contestant is going to be uh, investigative post Jeff Kelly. <laughs> so it uh, should, be, should be a good time. Uh, tickets are up on Eventbrite now. Uh, you can find the link in the Discord, uh, on Facebook. If you just go search Eventbrite and look for Square Christmas Party, um, like I said, I think it was forty dollars this year. Um, we've tried to cut the price down a little bit so that you know it's more affordable for people. We, we know it's, it's the holiday season. Um, you know, you're probably out there for Saint Nicholas Day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I might haul ass and get the try to get this done before uh, the election results come in Tuesday. In okay. which case, we won't be in the time machine, oh. but we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. I, I also I do want to give one quick. Uh, so I, I mentioned I went to the OCAB meat raffle last night. Oh. Uh, they were using as ticket sellers as most meat raffles do. They're using child labor, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, uh, the the kid who was selling tickets uh, around where I was, uh, PJ, just a dynamic kid. He was he was more than game for like all like the the different jokes and comments that I was making, like you know, and giving him a little bit of a razzing. Uh, he he was just a, a excellent little kid there. So uh, you made out pretty well there, right? Oh well, not I mean I I won a bunch of things, okay, but like okay. like as I talked about, like we talked about, as like I had my gallbladder out in the summer, yeah. So I'm not supposed to eat like fried foods, and I basically won like a TJ Fridays. <laughs> I uh, like, I, like I, a sampler uh, plate. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I won the very first spin. I won pizza logs, and then I later won jalapeno poppers, mozzarella sticks. And I won hamburgers, but the hamburgers I won are half bacon, half beef. Oh. So pretty much nothing I should ever have. Like it's I like yeah. like like I mean, it's it's it. Don't tell my doctor who took my gallbladder out, <laughs> who I assume saved it and is like some weirdo and has like a like a room in his basement full of gallbladders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like just like you know, Silence of the Lambs. You know, my Buffalo Bill, the gallbladder surgeon out of Lockport, <laughs> Buffalo style gallbladder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So bladder poppers. Yeah, he's 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 grinding them up and selling them on like the the black market. Golly, I don't want to think about it. Well, I'm glad you bribed the kids selling the tickets, Jim, with cigarettes to yeah. win all the raffles. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's you know, So PJ, smoke them up, and the rest of you, smoke them if you got them, um, and come to the square Christmas party. So once again, another episode in the books. Thanks, Rusty. Thanks, guys. Till next time. With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and and just really sharp. It it takes the classic American lager and and we we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen.